0: Now, listen to Dyke Hewitt Mills.
1: Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have. We ask for your blessing, your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Right. Everybody, just sit, sit down, settle down. If you have space by you, lift up your hands so people outside can come in. Who has space by you? There are some spaces inside. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I want us to receive an offering. Amen. 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 All the offerings that we receive here are contributions to Healing Jesus Crusade Amen. or Healing Jesus Campaign. We are gradually changing the name from "crusade" to "campaign," and uh, one of the reasons is that one of the reasons is that the uh, Islamic um, areas that we are going to uh, say that use the name "crusade" to say that we are. Um, Doing what the Europeans did during the Crusaders wars When they invaded the Holy Land And there were fights with Muslims in the Holy Land So our last crusade for instance They brought out Crusade is defined in Oxford Dictionary As this, this, that, that Europeans invading of Muslims, whatever to fight and so on so it's some advice that we've been getting so gradually we are changing to a campaign which is also a crusade (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah so our next campaign will be in uh god willing in niger where we just heard that Gaddafi and his sons have just come there. (laughs) So I think they really need a crusade there. So we want you to support with money. Amen. I don't want to uh, deceive you to telling you that in 14 days, Time All the blessings of the first 14 Verses of Psalm 14 will happen to you It's possible And sometimes Men of God are led By the Holy Spirit To accurately see 14 blessings In 14 days Of Psalm 14 or 15 or any Of the Psalms but in this case, there's nothing like that. All that is going to happen to you is, Luke 6:38: "Give, it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Men will give to your bosom. Amen. So everybody take out your offering and let us pray. Father, I'm waiting for you to take out your because of where it is.
2: God has called us to his banquet. No, God has called us to his banquet, you. All you need to do is work for the Lord, oh yeah. Working every day as hard as you can. Oh, for God has called us to his back west. Oh, and you can't go without salvation. The king, the king of kings, oh yeah. And you can sit by me at the wonderful banquet. Yes, you can. Obey the call of God and serve the Lord. salvation this very day you must reach out to sinners Mm -hmm. night is coming soon no one can walk what are you waiting for rise up and do it do it brother your only chance is now serve the Lord, oh, oh, oh. for God has called us to his banquet, yeah, yes, and you can't go without salvation, without salvation, God has called us to his Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. God has called Us to his back Where once again And you can't go Without salvation Now listen was a certain man who made a great banquet, yes, invited many people to come to the feast, oh, he sent his servants out when the feast was ready, yeah, yeah. come now to the feast, it's a wonderful banquet. To his banquet, to his banquet, and you can't go without salvation, no. But with one accord, they made up excuses, many excuses. Sorry, we just can't come to your wonderful banquet. Oh, Oh, God has called us to his banquet. To his ready, yes, and you can't go without salvation, no oh, The first said to him, I bought me some new land. Yes, I did. I need to go right now to look at the new land, oh. I'll build my mansion there, right on the new land. Yes, I will. I cannot come to your wonderful banquet. Oh, 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 God has called us to his banquet. Oh, yes, and you can't go without salvation. Mm-mm. Another said to him, I bought me some oxen, oxen. I need to go right now to see my oxen, oh, 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 yeah. God has called us to his back oh, oh. And you can't go without salvation, yeah. Another said to him, I married a new wife, my sweet little baby. She's such a beautiful lady, I can't leave her now, oh. oh, oh. God has called us to his banquet. And you can't go without salvation, So the servant came and said to his master, oh master, master, so many, many excuses, no one is coming. Oh no. The master said to him, Go to the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring in the host, the poor, the maimed, and the blind. Yeah, yeah, God has called us to where to respond, yes, and you can. Without salvation, oh, the servant said to him, We did your commandment. Yes, we did. Still, there is room, plenty of room. Oh, the master said to him: Go to the hills, the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in. My house must be filled. Oh, for God has called us to his banquet, to his banquet, yes. And you can't go without salvation. Oh, so everyone be warned for those I invited to my banquet will never have a taste of my wonderful banquet oh god has called us to his banquet to his banquet yes and you can't go without salvation salvation yeah god has called us to his banquet to his banquet, yes, and you cannot go without salvation. So the master came to see those invited. There was a certain man without the right government, oh, no. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Kinda come in here with those that he commands. No, no, no. Oh, oh. For God has called us to His banquet. Oh, and you can't go without salvation. For God has called us to His banquet. Oh, yeah. You can't go salvation take this man outside he called for his servants oh, oh, oh oh. they bound him hand and foot into outer darkness oh, 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 oh weeping and gnashing teeth instead of a banquet ah, ah, ah you could have had it all at the wonderful banquet Oh, 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 oh. God has called us to his banquet, to his banquet, yes. And you can't go without salvation, salvation, yeah. God has called us to his banquet, to his banquet. And you can't go without salvation, no. So, my brothers and sisters, this is a message, a wonderful message. Don't make light of it. It's a wonderful banquet. Will you come with me, Sing, God has called us to his banquet. And you're welcome here. as you can't go without salvation. Will you come with me? To a banquet, to a banquet, again. you can't go without salvation, without salvation. God has called us to a banquet.
1: Hallelujah. Let us pray, Father. Thank you for this great blessing and this great opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we began uh, to teach about why we should be so We should be soul winners. And um, what did I? What was the topic? Yeah. What topic did you give it? All right. So that was number 1. So number 2. We must be we must be soul winners because we are all called to do this great work of soul winning. Amen. hallelujah Matthew 22 verse 14 many are called but few are chosen hallelujah many are called but few are chosen so God calls us to do his work Amen. amen and we are called to be involved in winning souls so at this evangelistic service I want us to have the attitude and develop the attitude of a soul winner. Amen. 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 Of someone who is out there to win souls. That is our main task. Amen. Amen. How many believe you are called? You believe you are called? Called to do what? To win souls. Amen. Amen. Now, um, when you receive a call, you must always ask yourself, who is calling you? Because if you are in a house, all right, and you receive a call from the father of the house, or the mother of the house, or just somebody who is in the house. Immediately, it gives you an idea of what is going to be said, or what they are calling you about. You have some ideas. Do you understand? If I call a a, a boy who works in my house, I call. All right, and I say. Um, Jim or John, whatever I don't think that it would occur to him that I want to have a sexual relation with him and it shouldn't why would I say something that is as strange as that because many of us who are called by God are assuming they are hearing something completely different from what he could have been calling you for. There are not many things. Number one, he's not calling you to make you rich. Yeah. Those of you who think you are going to obey the call of God so that you'll be rich, God does not call people to make them rich. You see, what I'm saying is that we are hearing a call and we are saying that it must be something that is impossible or something that is absurd to even associate the call, the call with that. And today, many people who claim they are called by God are actually uh, perverting this call and giving a wrong impression about what we have been called to do. God did not send His son into the world to condemn the world, but He sent His Son into the world so that the world through him might be saved. Can you turn to John 3:17? And have a look for yourself. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son into the world that the world through him might be saved. This is the essence of the, the sending. This is why his son was sent. And not for any other reason that we may ascribe to God's sending of his son. So God calls you. You don't have to think of other things. But today, it has been presented to us as though God is calling you you get it, to bless you. God is calling you to come and give you something. So the whole church has become like birds, young birds, which have opened their mouths to receive food from their mother. Birds are born blind, often, and you see them in the nest, and you should, you should see them being fed. If there are four of them, they lift up the beak vertically like this. Even they can't see, But them, the beak will be open like this. Ah. If there are six, all six will be like this. Ah. And the eagle, which has caught a rabbit, sometimes they catch a bird in the air will come there and pick the meat, slice by slice like shredded beef, and put one in the open, ah, everybody has open his mouth, ah. To receive. I call it the receiving beds. <laughs> so the church has become like receiving beds. Swallows, crows. When you come to the church on Sunday, everybody's mouth is open like this, a blessing and those who say that they are being called by God also have opened their mouth that yes and this is what is causing premature aging of some of our pastors because these days you see a pastor, you see we that, that word premature aging I had not heard it till I went to the north. When I went to the north one time, the pastor there explained to me, we went to a village and we saw a man. I mean, it was a very, very old man. Then he explained to me that the man that I saw, I shouldn't think that he's an old man, but it is because of the weather <laughs> and the environment and the dust and the heat and the harshness of the environment that a lot of the people experience premature aging. When they become older than they actually are, especially looking. They look much older. So it's not a funny term. It's something that he showed me. And I said, wow, because I noticed that people look very haggard. Now, pastors who claim that they were called opened their beaks like this. To become as rich as some people perceive pastors to be. And as rich as some pastors are. Or as big. Or as to get some kind of fame and acclaim. And when it turns out to be just hard work, that you must continue for a long time. You see that by the age of 40, premature aging... Sets in. And you see that somebody who had zeal. To come for a meeting. He does not have the zeal. Anymore. Some of you are here. Your pastors are not here. Because they are suffering from premature aging. In the spirit. It's true. That's why you are here. But they are not here. And it is because people came. With the. Beds. What did I say? Receiving bed attitude into the ministry thinking that you are going to you are being called to receive promotion or greatness or some kind of acclaim But it's not like that the bible says the laborers are few the harvest is plenty so people who work hard for a long time are few it's true and labor is something that is not fun. But it's persistent, continuous working that must carry on to the end. I am preaching 120 reasons why you must be a sowinger. And I hope to preach it more than 900 times more before this 120 sets before I die. Yeah. I must have more than 900 opportunities to go through the whole 120 reasons. So, premature aging and premature tiredness and premature inability to seek for God and inability to press on with the things of God sets in the people who underestimated that call. You see, one day, somebody who was working with me said something. And I was very surprised because I hadn't hadn't noticed it myself. The person said, when I call, I'll start and say, how are you? Are you okay? And this person said, I'm just waiting for a particular word. As I start this, 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 then I will say a particular word. As soon as I say that word, the real reason why I called is coming. <laughs> it's true. And, then, and there are people that work with me, as soon as I call them, they take a pen and a paper. I may say, Oh, how are you? How is your husband? How is your wife? How is this? The weather is rainy. This, this, this. As soon as I say that word, and usually that word is listen. <laughs> so what i'm trying to say is that when a particular person calls you you must tune your mind in there can be only two or three things that he may be calling you about so if god has called us god god tune retune your mind out to the possibilities As to what he may have called you about. It's something to do with working for him seriously. It's not about being great or being promoted. Neither is it about working for him for a brief period. It's work and it's work to continue. You see, it is is energizing and exciting to be appointed as a pastor. It is energizing and exciting to sense yourself entering into a realm that you were not in before. But that is just phase one of your ministry. Everybody's life has four phases. The first phase of your life is the seed sowing that brings you into existence. When your parents are sowing seeds between themselves, that leads to your conception. It is a process. Do you understand? And you, are, you, are, you start your life. So in Korea, they don't measure your age by when you were born. Because I went, one time I went to Korea and I thought that Yongi Cho was 71 years old. But they told me that no, he's 72. And I said, how can he be 72? They said, no, in Korea, they count how old you are and they add, when you were in your mother's womb, it's one of the years. It's nine months. It's part of your life. So they add it to your, your years. So when a Korean tells you I'm seven years old, he was actually born six years ago. <laughs> and, and it is real because you are in existence throughout that time. So causing you to exist and the seeds that are sown in you Forms the first part of your coming into the ministry or coming into life. Then the second part is being born into the world. It's another whole project. Because before the seeds are sown, there's a lot of projects. Getting a beloved, doing engagement, getting counseling, buying model marriage it's a lot of uh, steps, you know, attending church services. So many things that are surrounding just one day or sowing a seed, <laughs> sending text messages, befriending people, proposal, Facebooking, WhatsApp. All these are efforts to. Prepare. All that is phase one. You see, the person is building up to become fruitful. It's building up to become into real existence. Yeah. And then the seed finally is sown. Yeah. Because sometimes I preach the same message, but it's not really today. It's not the day that you will receive the call. You receive the call at a particular day. So you realize that, wow, this time, I understand what is being said. So the second one is where you are forced into real ministry. Now, when pastors have been appointed as pastors, and they become regular, real pastors, and it's like you actually become a pastor or you really are in the ministry, you really have a church, you really minister, you know, it's like the forcing of the baby out into real life. Now the baby is forced out into real life and join us in the real world. That is stage two. And it's very difficult. But most people end their ministry before phase one. And some end it in phase one. And some don't make it to phase two, which is forcing out to become a real pastor. I was forced out to become a real pastor in Ghana. In Kolegono, in Kolebu, it was Pressing out to become a pastor in existence. Then phase three is the longest phase. It's your whole life of eating, drinking, sleeping, poo-pooing, doing everything for years of the same thing. No changing. When you have become a reality and you live in this world and you started to eat rice, you started to eat Something you just continue because even when you are drinking milk and you have not even really formed, but teeth have come now, and you are actually three years old, two years old, from two years up to 70, whatever is this phase three. You see, one day I heard Kenneth and spoke to uh the Lord spoke to him and told him that uh last week you entered into the third phase of the ministry. And he told him that he had been in phase, one phase of his ministry for nine months, or some months. And then he entered into another phase. And he said, if you are faithful, you enter in the phase. And he told him that most ministers do not enter the first phase of their ministry. They don't even enter the first phase. Yeah. You can read it in Kenneth Hagin's books. You can read, I believe, in visions. And those, you see these phases is there. I didn't invent it. But if you even look at life, you see that it's in four phases. And this is the long one. This is where premature aging happens. After some two years, we are tired. This world is very hard. (laughs) After some six years, uh, uh, is this how it's going to be? It's very boring. The same thing over and over and over and over and over. Working hard like this, living, eating, living, eating, working hard. Today you are happy, tomorrow you are sad. What type of world is this? But it's, it is about persisting for years until you get to the last point where you now prepare to leave, which is phase four your exit and your final preparation to go out of this world where you have finished with phase three. Now, most of us, especially lay pastors, have developed, some of them, premature aging. Now, recently, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he asked me a question. When did Kenneth Hagin die? This is the question the Lord asked. When did Papa Hagin die? And I said, when did Kenneth Hagin die? He died. A few years ago, somebody asked me, when, "When did he die?" So I went to I went to uh, Wikipedia, and I checked when he died. I saw his date of birth and his date that he died. I said, "Wow!" So then, then the second question: How old was he when he died? Because his date keeps confusing me. Was he 83 or 86? So I checked. He was, when I calculated, he was 86. He was 86, but he died in 2003. Did you see? So I keep getting confused. So 83, 86, 84. It's 2003, but 86. So when I calculated, then the Lord asked me the third question. When did you meet Kenneth Hagin? I said, around 1980. Then he asked me that, what message was he preaching in 1980? I said, oh, he was preaching about faith, visions, dreams and all the things that he normally preached. Then he asked me, how old was he when you met him? And I calculated, 1980, this, 83, he was 63 years old. I was, then the Lord said, were you glad that Kenneth Hagin was still preaching faith, and the things that he preached that changed your life and gave you. A, were you glad that by the age of 63, he has not said that he is suffering from premature aging and that he's going into administration and he is leaving the ministry to do something else, or that he's come up with a new idea? And I said, Wow, I'm very happy that by the age of 63, that is getting to 70, which is 1980. he had not changed 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner to a new message as we have been changing our messages and when we come up with the real messages that god gave us that we are supposed to repeat because people don't know it if you know it you will be different if you know it you will be different you'll see it by, by your by your life you don't know it Then the Lord asked me, are you happy that he continued to pray? Because it is around the same time that he met with Bishop Oyedepo, Pastor Chris, I think some other pastors in Ghana, and so on. I heard Dr. Otabo also mention his name before. And all this. Are you happy? I said, I can't even imagine it, how Africa would be if a pastor starts to experience premature and premature shifting from a message. You see, one day I went to Kenya, been. I, I traveled from Ghana. When I got there, they said, this week he's preaching on ABC of Faith. And I was a bit irritated. I said, oh, ABC of Faith. I've come very far. ABC of Faith. I have, this, I have this book already. ABC of Faith. I have it. And the Lord said to me, will you shut up? and rather learn a reason why somebody has been here for a very long time. Will you shut up and learn the reason why people are there for a long time? Ask yourself why he's there. Because he told a lot of people, I'll be there when you are gone. You'll be gone and I'll be there. And all of them went and he was there. So, the call of God has been misrepresented to a lot of people. You think it's some glory, some you become famous, you have a big car and you will be this and that and, and it's been misrepresented. You don't know it's to suffer. It's to work. That's right. it's, to work for a, it's not to work for three years, pastors. It's not to be a lame minister for six years and then you stop and you, you, don't, you don't go to church anymore. Sometimes you come, sometimes you don't come. You see them. And you form a bad example to Christians who are in the church. And they say, oh, but this was my pastor or my lady pastor. And now he doesn't come. Now she doesn't come. And you see a bad example. That's why I'm preaching to her. I said, don't follow bad examples. Some of the pastors are backslidden. Some of them are really backslidden. They, from, they were excited to be appointed. They would come for homecoming. They would come for this. If you call them, they will not come now. Last you've come to sit here, they will not come. It's like, oh, this and that and that. When it goes to 120 reasons, we have, we have heard it, 120, 120 reasons. That's why the Lord asked me, how old, what age, how old was he when he died? How old was he? What year did he die? What year did you meet him? How old was he? And he had not changed it. So when we look at ourselves, realize that we are, we are all looking, even as we come here, our mouths and our beaks are open to hear something strange and something different. Yeah. Meanwhile, I can say that one spirit that has also entered Lighthouse is a spirit of non-evangelism, which is a spirit of backsliding. I'm telling you. Non-evangelism. Yeah. Because evangelism is the key to life for a pastor and for a church once the church loses its real aim of winning people to God eh, it changes it becomes social for you. there are so when when God calls when God calls you to be a to be a church it's not calling you to have a center for funerals But if you go to the Kwapin Mountains and many, many churches, there are centers for funerals. Do you think God was calling somebody to create a center for funerals? A center for weddings, a center for celebrations, a center for prosperity teachings, a center for motivational speeches. Gimba is there for that. And if it is a place for funerals, we can build a funeral home with a hall. I've been to funerals in America. They have halls. You can do everything there with the coffin. Do finish everything there. And then after that, you go and bury You don't need to have a church for funerals. You don't need to have a church. But many, you see, and that is what gave birth to new churches. Because the altar, honestly, when I hear the sound of a pipe organ, when I hear the sound of a pipe organ, and the sound of some, some of the beautiful and majestic hymns of the Anglican church, Methodist church, and so on, the first thing that comes to me is funerals. That's the feeling. I get. We are in a funeral, so there's a bad thing that has happened. We have all, this is the only thing church was associated with. God was not trying to call one priest to create a center. There shall be a center. Many dead bodies will be here. Many coffins will come by. There will be many tears here, and all people here will be comforted in this room. It's not a calling. So that's why I said that when I call you and you must think maybe it's about to give you my servant, you say maybe it's to get food or water or something that I usually call about. Or if you work for me in another way, it's one or two things. That is the reason why I'm calling you. And if God is calling you, it's one or two These i not calling. Don't attribute it to God. If you talk about prosperity, education, God doesn't call He's not calling you to become an educationist to campaign for education. I really wonder as we have we are shifted from evangelism to education. The investment of the church is in education and in universities rather than in, edu- and in evangelism. The heavy, heavy investment and the heavy, heavy meetings and time and issues that are presented and pushed by the church. The agenda is education and not evangelism. Not soul winning. You, you, you don't understand it. this i want you to believe me because it's a key for you to stay with god and not to shift out of the right way that god has called you to amen reason number three You must be a soul winner because you were created to carry out the good work of soul winning. Ephesians 2 verse 10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and to good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. Again. When you hear the calling. I say God is calling you. He's created you for some good works. The question you must ask yourself. What good works? Is it to plant a garden? Is it to water roses? Lilies? Is it to fry fish? Is it to make kelewille? So, I mean... If i call you what is your name if i call you will you think of making kelewele for me no bishop have you made kelewele for me before no bishop so when i call you why do you think of kelewele
2: there should be no reason
1: there should be no reason but it's like god calls us then immediately you are thinking of making a school hey. god calls you immediately you are thinking of money and prosperity God calls me there. We are thinking of all kinds of things. It is fantastic. Why it should occur okay to you when I call? It's like you call somebody and it's like the person. You say, ah, he's calling me to have sex with me. Why do you okay, How does it occur okay to you? So you are, your mind is totally off course in relation to what God may have possibly called you about. When we talk about works created unto good works, what are the possible good works? I mean, what are the possibilities? What are the possibilities? What are the possibilities? We have added so many possibilities. But I want to tell you that the number one work, the Bible says God sent his son. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but... He sent his son to the world that through him, the world might be saved. This is why he sent his son. And I did not write the Bible. I came to meet the Bible when I was born. It was already there. And I've not added one word to it. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, that is why, but, but why? That he sent his son so that the world might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from um, poor education. Saved from poor health. Saved from bad water. So when the church gets up to start his campaign to provide electricity, water, this, they are all work. So I'm not saying they are not good. They are all good things. But We should ask ourselves, and now I want you to see today, as I come to the end of my message, whether God considers all works as the same. He does not. He does not. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, Revelations chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. God knows what works we are doing. And thy labor. And thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And hast found them liars. And hast borne. And has patience. And for my name's sake. Has labored. And has not fainted. Nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee. Because thou hast left thy first love. This is what we usually focus on. Whenever we read this one. The first love. But today I'm not talking about first love. I'm talking about something else. You listen Remember therefore from where thou art fallen that means you are down and do the first works first works today i'm talking about first works not first love first works the first works and when you don't do the first works you are fallen I'm talking about first works what are first works it says check out and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent but this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. Here, God distinguishes and makes us aware that in terms of a church and a church's works, we have the first works, and we have other works. Every church, even historically, the first works have been to bring salvation. Genuine salvation. If I cast my, my mind back to Christian Action Faith Ministry, where I went to church when I first became a Christian, that was my church. It was the beginning of the church. There was one message. Salvation. Give your life to Jesus Christ. All the time. you were in that church too. Was it true?
2: Very true. Yeah? Yes.
1: Messages such as what? It was very, very evangelistic in nature all the time, and going out into neighborhoods and reaching out to people. Yeah. Yeah. These are the first works of action. If you talk about the first works of lighthouse, Bishop Saki, what works were we doing? First works. Don broadcasts, preaching, and then. Uh, preaching the bus,
0: going to um, night broadcasts, preaching in the
1: night to unbelievers that they should give their life to Christ. Yeah. The summer, the summer, the harvest has passed. The summer is ended. We are not saved. Bishop Saki and I, the first works that we did together was preaching. I, will do this. He preach. Then we organize the souls. Then organize, preach, and we like that we have been doing. That's the first work. I don't know what we are doing now. Forgive us. (laughs) (laughs) Because I passed by this morning and I heard you I heard you polishing some coins. Encouraging the people, polishing the same coins. If you go to the Methodist church, let them tell you the first work of John Wesley. The founder, he lived to be the age over 90 before he died. He never stopped those works, never stopped those works riding in a saddle, even at the age of 80 some, You can preach 20 times in a week. And always stood the first time, he stood on. In a graveyard and preached. Open air. Preaching. They will stone him. Preaching. Traveling and preaching. For salvation. Oh. Hey. This is the first works of a church. Yeah. The, 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 the Presbyterian church. The Martin Luther's. They came and said. We are saved. Salvation can come to people. By grace and by faith. Presbyterian Presby church. Now he wants. Well he said, God has created us for good works. He goes at the work. There are works and works and works and works. First work, second work, third work, other works, different kinds of work. When you move from the first work, you are a falling church. Amen. I didn't write the Bible. It says, from whence thou art fallen. lighthouse all over the world we are one of the falling churches as far as this is concerned because we are now also an older church so we are also falling. in that regard it's true the zeal, the zeal to be a soul winner it's not in, it's not, it's not even, it's not in us it's not in us. You don't get that. The They'll ask you when you preach. How, how come you are able to, you have been able to maintain your, what do you call it, uh, preaching the basics for all these years? How come you have been, this is what they ask me all the time. How come you have you been able to maintain the whatever basics and how you, are you able to keep the, you still seem to have the zeal or whatever. These are what the questions they ask when you just preach the normal one. It's because you are so fallen. Then he says, I will come to you quickly. And I will move his candlestick out of your place.
0: Now remember
1: that the Lord is the one who stands in the midst of the candlesticks. Everybody has candlesticks around him. I have candlesticks around me. There are people in certain relevant positions in relation to me. Jesus is standing and the candlesticks are around him. He said, these are the ones that I'm close to and that are relevant to my life. What candlestick that is two miles away in a shop? It's not relevant to me as I'm standing here. The candlestick that is... Helping me to give light, and it's important in relation to me. Are these one, two, three, four, five? Six. The ones being sold at Malcolm here are not relevant. The ones that are sold behind the market here are not helpful to me. I need these, and they are the ones that are relevant. Now, he says that if you do not do the first works, I'll move your candlestick out of the place. You will become irrelevant and unrelated to what God is doing, where Christ is standing. And this is how come. Large sections of the church have become irrelevant. God has just this way. You see, t- today, many Orthodox churches cannot even believe that churches like ours came to exist. That we come, we've built buildings, and they have been there for years. We have come and built buildings and have even built as many buildings as they have in the whole country. They can't believe it. Because who, 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 are, who are we? Ninkum poops and idiots and uh, 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 what do you call it? I'm mean, being uneducated, we have not been to Trinity College we have not been to whatever we, have, we don't know theology, we have not learned all those things, we just, all those things are not relevant to what we are doing what they learn at Trinity College is hardly relevant to what I'm doing I don't, I don't, I don't need it to build the build church without going to Trinity College what they are doing, the theology is irrelevant to what I'm doing <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fact is irrelevant it, it to what Dr. Mensah or What they say, you may say you are the Orthodox, whatever, you are the great, whatever, this of the, When you are going to be a priest, you must oh people have without even one school, nothing. You see the church is big. You see the Orthodox church is there, only old people go there. And you see all oh, the relevant society and whatever they are coming coming there. Yeah. That's how you become irrelevant to what God is doing. And you must always expect to see him coming with a new candlestick to come and put in the relevant place. Yeah. But if you can maintain the first works, huh, your candlestick will not be taken from your position of relevance and relation to the Lord like this. Because there are people that have been important to me in the past, that they are no more important to me. It's true. There are people that have been, when I look to the right, this one is there, when I look to the right, this one is there. Today, there are people that are not relevant to me. They've, they've moved out of their position, or they have been removed from their position. Others, who you will not regard. You see, the wonderful thing is that you will not regard it. <laughs> because, you see, I've spoken to, I've spoken to theologians, I've spoken to people, and they look at the things that we teach as, as Irrelevant. I tell you it's like irrelevant i mean this is not theology this is not i mean old testament survey new testament what is old testament survey? what is new testament? i don't need old testament survey. look at the kodesh we have built I, without old testament survey or new testament survey, without theology without b a without masters without I have a bible school they don't even need any they don't need accreditation and you know we are not looking for accreditation they don't even need i don't need that i'm not accredited As i'm standing here still i don't have certificate I don't have any certificate of anything. I don't have any certificate. There's nothing, they have no, there's no paper. The only paper I have is a medical paper that I'm a doctor. Apart from that, I have no papers. And without papers, look at the people that are following me. Hey. <laughs> The Same thing that I'm saying to explain how what happened to the Orthodox churches huh? that led to that, that is why you see today when a president they are going for elections, they go to charismatic churches, it's true, yeah, they go because they know we are relevant soon to become irrelevant. Soon to follow the steps of orthodox churches. If we have not already fully followed their steps. Well now these same orthodox churches are now returning to what was relevant. I'm telling you, you watch them and see. Yeah, returning to the first works. Today I watched the, the moderator of the Presbyterian Church. Preaching, it's a business luncheon. He was preaching the word on TV this morning, with his coat and everything, was preaching. I said, that's it, brother. A Dali man with gray hair. Yeah. He has joined us on TV. Hey. At first, you cannot get a, a, a Presbyterian church on television, which is like, it's for money-loving, charismatic pastors who are glamour, you know, psychedelic type of people on TV, I receive the word, you know. He was standing there reading his preaching to us. Hey. And in the same way, as we place aside the first work of breakfast meetings for soul winning and open-air crusades and campaigns and replace it with how to be rich, how to get money, how to prosper, how to make it, how to do well, all these things. I'm telling you, watch and see. Our candlestick will be taken. You are no more so important to me. I know it. Because all through this ministry, Rarely have I seen people who have maintained their relevance even to me. It's true. I cannot lie to you. Through I've go throughout the years. this one is standing right. When I pick a phone, it's this person I'll call. When I am doing something, this person I will speak to. And as the years go by, so that we pick a phone, you we'll never call that person, you we'll call another person. And our work is always being done. But somebody else has come to do it. Over and over and over and over and over. Because people lose their relevance. All that has I'll take your place. Another one will come. So my friends. Tonight. I want to just jog your your mind. mind, Your Your memory. memory. I'm not criticizing orthodox. I'm not criticizing Trinity. I said it in the way I said it. For you to see that. If, if the orthodox is here, we are holding their coat like this and following them like this. I tell you, we are holding their coat and we are copying them exactly. Yeah. And that is what is leading to prima. Because if, if you are concerned about a soul to be one, your attitude will be different, even your preaching will be different, your message will be your way, your prayer, everything changes. That's what gives life. Evangelism is the only thing that gives life to a church. Huh? It's evangelism and the, the fervor and the need and the desire and the real soul winning, not glamour. The work of God is the work of God. The work of God is work. It's constant, hard, persistent, hard work. I'm telling you. And the same crusade, the same standing on the street corner, going out. That's why when I send people to start churches, they become young. Yeah, because they have to go out. They have to win souls. They have, there's nobody in the church. So it makes them young. Then as they, they realize there's not so much glamour, you have to just carry on phase three for a long time. Say, the phase changes, whatever, some business develops, and superannuation premature, superannuation, premature retirement, premature aging. And they are gone. So it's time to go back. For evangelism. And know that this is what we were created for. Now. If I bring you into my life. To iron my shirt. And you don't iron my shirt well. Do you think I will maintain you? If I bring you into my life to cook for me. And you don't cook. Do you think you can be there? You cannot be there. So if you were brought for this reason, this one thing, Christ came into the world to save sinners. This one thing, you still left it. Do you think you'll maintain your position? As I close, I want you to see what was Paul's first work and first message. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. verse 1, moreover brethren I declared unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which you have also received wherein you stand are you there 1 Corinthians 15 most people use 1 Corinthians 15 to preach about resurrection but the first part of 1 Corinthians 15 is the prelude to that great subject and perhaps should not even be in this chapter Maybe he should have been in another chapter on his own. He says, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached. If you can keep in memory. Everybody say, if you can keep in memory. What I preached unto you. If you can't keep it in memory, he says, unless you have believed in vain. Now notice verse 3 and you see the word there. For I delivered unto you first. First when I came first. First of all. That which I received. How that Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. That he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is the first message I came to preach. I delivered unto you first of all that which I received. First thing when I came, first of all, what I received. How Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, was buried. This is the first, first of all, when I saw you. I didn't come and start saying, These are the seven ways to abundance, these are your keys to dominion. Over this earth, these are seven keys for your happiness and further education, and these are the ways to establish a school. He said, First of all, the first thing I came to that Christ Jesus came to that. And I hope you can keep it in memory, otherwise, my preaching is useless. Keep it in mind, remember this is what I came to give you first. As we have shifted from the first works, all God is saying is that remember, you are falling. You are a falling pastor. You are a falling church. And I believe that our church is also a falling church. And I'm calling it a falling church so that we wake up. I don't want to say it is about to fall. Because I can see the fallingness in the church. Yeah. Because we also want more members. We're also trying to pamper people. And we're also experiencing premature aging. Repent and do the very first works. Otherwise, I will just disconnect you before you realize you are in the coffin. You are in the grave. You are gone. You are irrelevant. I think God has a big laugh when he sees big, big orthodox bishops and people who think they own the knowledge of God. Nobody can be a pastor in this country except we come to their school. I think they are so shocked when they see people without even one certificate. Everybody is following him, and they are standing with some few elderly ladies with scarves. <laughs> It's marvelous. May we return to our first ways. And may our relevance and position never be taken away. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands. Just thank the Lord. Father, thank you for your great blessing to our lives as we come to the end of this service. What a blessing we are, have found in you. We are grateful. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Just speak to God for just one moment la mandara la 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 Heroma Jesus, turn us towards your heart. Turn us towards your heart have mercy on us. Save us from our sins and save us from our wickedness. Thank you for relevance that you make us relevant to persist in doing your works. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are grateful and we are thankful for what you have done for us. Today may we be interested in bringing people to Jesus Christ. And may our churches and our hearts turn back to the first work, the first work of the Methodist Church, the first work of lighthouse, the first work of the Presbyterian, Church. the first works, the first works, the first works of anyone who is saved, the first message of Paul, the first works. May our hearts turn back. We thank you, you have already done it. You have saved us. Lord, we know maybe one day the church will backslide, but we pray that it will not be once we are here. Once we are here, at least, we beg you, Lord, that we should not preside over a backsliding church and preside over a church that has become useless and irrelevant as far as your work is concerned. We thank you. Thank you for deliverance and healing of premature aging. Thank you for this blessing. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. I want us to give our second and final offering for the night as we close the service take out your offering I know you gave the first time but the Bible says in the morning sow thy seed in the evening do not withhold your hand for who knows which one will prosper either this or that take out some money it's all this money is for evangelism because our hearts are turned away from evangelism when pastors are raising funds we use blessings and money and tricks to get money from the church yeah but if our heart was just on soul winning on missions we would raise money in a different way lift up your offering with your right hand Father, thanks for this great opportunity to love you, to know you and to receive something from you we give this offering to you to support your work. We ask that there will be great healing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Blessed Jesus, you are my love there is no other love that can compare blessed Jesus it is your holy love it is your perfect love that draws us to you and there's no other Do